Welcome to the first episode of the Do Your Damn Job podcast. Today, I have with me Lieutenant Curtis Kernan with the Seguin Fire Department. Curtis Kernan is a second-generation fireman. He started in the fire service in San Antonio, Texas as a volunteer. He has been in the fire service for 13 years and is currently a company officer with the Seguin Fire Department. Lieutenant Kernan is assigned to Engine 2 on the C-shift. Welcome to the show, Curtis. Thank you for having me, sir. It's a honor to be here. Oh, man, it's an honor to have you. <clears throat> I think today is going to go really good for us. Uh, we have a lot of good subjects to talk about. Um, we have a pretty good story about how we met, and I know we'll hit we on that at some point. At some point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, man, I, if you would, let's just get right into it. You ready? Yeah, let's go. All right, man. Well, if you would, I, I just gave a little bit of your bio because I want to give you a chance to kind of tell us all about yourself. So, man, if you give us just a short little overview, you know, personally, professionally, just what makes Curtis Kernan? Okay. So um, originally from uh, about an hour south of St. Louis um, in Missouri, uh, my father and mother were both uh, volunteers uh, when we were there. Um, so I kind of grew up around the fire service. Um I have pretty strong memories of slamming my finger in a tanker door at a, at a mud event, you know? Um, so <laughs> I used to go to all the little public events. Uh, there, there used to be a, uh, a lady that would kind of sit with me in the car. If my dad responded POV to some structure fires and stuff like that. So I've got very good memories of the fire service growing up. Um, when I was about five or six, my mom joined the military uh, to pursue her career. She was in, um, she was an LVN and, um, we moved around a lot, a lot of different places. Um, she's now a doctor. And when she retired, uh, she retired out of San Antonio. So this is just kind of where, where we stayed. Um, it always just seems like we moved back to San Antonio and just kind of San Antonio was just, you know, we would stay here a couple of years. We'd leave a couple of years, come back, come back. So, um, met my wife out of, um, out of uh in high school and uh we just kind of set our own little roots and just kind of you know made san antonio home um but uh, after high school i was going to a technical school that's not around anymore for uh, <laughs> drafting and design so I, I did finish my degree in that so that's kind of a, wow. a little thing that people don't know i do have a degree in drafting and design um, i do some cad stuff and stuff like that for my dad's pool business so um, but we were sitting at breakfast and <clears throat> like I said, my dad was always been in the fire service. Uh, so it was actually me, my dad and my brother, my wife was like, well, what about being a firefighter? Cause I was like, I, I don't think I'm going to like being at ITT and being behind a desk for the rest of my life. You know, sure. we had a, you know, couple month old, you know, baby girl. And, uh, so I was like, okay, well, there was a volunteer department right down the road. And so me and my dad and my brother, we all went together and started volunteering. And yeah. that just like immediately I'm like, I don't even like, I'll, this is what I want to do. And so, um, all the guys there, even, even all the way up to the chief, um, the chief had a really good story about how he got into the fire service, uh, which we could talk about later if you, if you want. Sure. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, I just slowly started, uh, I was still working for my dad, uh, but you know, being with the family business, he, he was able to move the schedule around a little bit so I could go to EMT school and, and, and fire school and stuff like that, which, you know, like I said, my dad was completely on board with, with, you know, him being in the fire service since he was a teenager. So, you know, I know he was pretty proud of that. So, um, took me a while yeah. to, to get on someplace, um, you know, in Texas, there's so many fire academies, oh, yeah. um, so many fire academies, so many <clears throat> empty basic academies, you know, there could be a couple of spots and hundred something kids show up to, you know, show up to test and they're all <laughs> physical studs. And so you're like, you're like, well, maybe there's a chance I might, you know, I might get on, but, um, you know, I went, you know, being in San Antonio, I went all the way down to, uh, McAllen to test that one time when I first, wow. you know, I was just trying to get a job anywhere. Um, but luckily one of the captains that I volunteered with, um, he kind of hooked me up with a, uh, with an ESD South, South of San Antonio and kind of got my foot in there. Mm -hmm. Um, as soon as I got done with my TCFP, he got me in, got me a part-time spot 
and then later helped me get on to a uh, industrial job and as an industrial firefighter. And I did that for about two years while I was going to paramedic school. And then as soon as I got done with paramedic school, um, I applied in Seguin and started with them part-time. Uh, took me a little bit as well to get on with Seguin because uh, I do not, I don't interview well. Yeah. And so I was kind of just, um, just needed that shot. You know, sure. you know, I don't interview well, but if someone was just giving me a shot, I'm not going to let them down. So I, uh, I started part-time, uh, wasn't, but a few months later, they offered me a full-time position and here I am, man, so, man, that yeah, is awesome. Uh, that is an awesome uh, story. I mean, if I can, <clears throat> from what I gathered from that, right. <clears throat> Mom, LVN, a doctor, dad with a pool yeah. business, Mm-hmm. You know, dad, brother, and you volunteer at the same department, industrial job, right? A whole lot of challenges, but it seems like you come from a family of just hard work. Like yeah. if, you just, if you just put in the hard work, you're going to achieve whatever you want to achieve. And it sure seems like you've done that, man. I mean, awesome story. Yeah, yeah I had I had, uh, I had some pretty good role models growing up. You know, my dad, uh, he didn't even graduate high school. And now he has a very successful pool business. Wow. Um, he's, he's well known in the area. Um you know, my mom going all the way from um, the, the crazy thing is when I tell people my mom's age, they're like, how is that possible? My, you know, it was I'm I'm pretty sure it was, she was pregnant with me while she was in high school. Oh. And I tell her all the time, you pretty much need to write a book because, you know, you know, having a kid at that age around yeah. high school and then going and having the success that you're having now. I mean, that's that's a a good thing all on its own oh yeah man i mean what's yeah. some genes to pass on man that is that is awesome and it's funny too because we were talking you know before we started the actual podcast about you being a kansas city chiefs fan and it's just weird yeah. <laughs> you know it's weird because it's uh down and when so I, I hunt in kansas every year we, we go on yeah. a, a three four day hunt up in in burlington kansas and it's about an hour and a half from from kansas city and it's so weird because you go up to kansas and everybody is a Dallas Cowboys fan. Like, yeah, very few Chiefs fans right there. Wow. And, you know, I finally asked one of the old men in a restaurant one day, I was like, what is the deal with all these Dallas Cowboy flags, right? And um, he said, because before the Chiefs existed, you know, before Kansas City had a team, that, that was the only team closest to him was the Cowboys. So there's a lot of older people in this town that grew up Cowboys fans and raised their kids yeah. Cowboys fans. And so that's what you have. So it's just kind of cool to see the difference and you know, you're way down here in Seguin, Texas, and San Antonio, Texas, and you're a Cowboys fan, and there's two, you know, you got the Texans yep. and the – or uh, I'm sorry, you're a Chiefs fan, and you got the Cowboys and the Texans here in the state. So, which yeah. I don't I don't blame you. I wouldn't I wouldn't cheer for them either. Nobody nobody crucified me over that. <laughs> so, man, what a cool story, man. I really appreciate you, you know, telling that story and getting mm-hmm. to know you some more uh, yep. because that's – I mean, I think that leads right into what we're trying to talk to, uh, uh, to the point we're trying to talk to you about today is, you know, hard work and mentoring and, and being successful and, and taking your failures and, you know, using how they impacted you to grow better. So, um, <clears throat> you know, man, I mean, I guess because we're talking about mentoring, I got to start out with one question for you was, Uh-oh. who was your mentor when you were a rookie? And then tell us about them and what made them good and, and what kind of impact did they have on you and your career? So I can't really say that I had one mentor. Okay. Um, just because there were so many people that really helped mold me there at the beginning. So the, the department that I, I didn't know it at the time, I, you know, I didn't know anything about the fire department. I just know that, Hey, there's a, a little two bay fire station in San Antonio and it's really close to the house and I'm going to check it out. So I didn't know that they ran a crazy amount of fires. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that that area was a little rougher and they would have a lot of gunshots and stab. You know, I didn't know that I was going to get all this experience so fast. And um, so those guys really kind of, um, and it, was, it started all the way to the fire chief. So, you know, when you went in the fire chief, um, he would tell you his story about how he, um, and if you're ever looking for somebody to get on here, that, that is the guy. Yeah. What's um, his name? Uh, Ed Eisenbeck. Okay. So, uh, 
he will tell you his whole story about how he was a felon and his aunt or I'm sorry, not aunt cousin, cousin, I believe um, brought him down because that was about the time that Katrina happened and they were looking for, for people to help out with, um, you know, beds and distributing blankets and stuff like that. And then it spawned his helping. And, you know, basically he was told every day he came into the fire station, you're never going to be a firefighter. You're never going to be a paid firefighter. You're never going to get a certification. You're never going to do this. You're never going to do this. And here he is now a certified EMT. He works on an ambulance. You know, he's got his fire cert and he's, he's doing it. You yeah. know, he's now the chief of the department. So like, kind of like how, how you like them apples, you know, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was such a great story. And then, you know, I could, I can remember the, uh, my captain at the time, um, he's now a firefighter or correction. He's now a driver at a neighboring department. Um, I can remember staying up till one, two in the morning, just doing mass drills and follow the hose stuff. And he wanted to make sure that you were squared away. Um, so just, you know, just all these people kind of just influenced me to train hard. Um, what I know, I want you to know, uh, that's how we're all better as a team. And so it kind of all started there. And then of course, you know, doing everything with my dad, and my brother, um, you just kind of, kind of had that, you know, since we were all starting over, basically my dad had all that experience, but we could still ask my dad, Hey, what, you know, am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? And then it just worked out great. Um, it was, it was a blast. (laughs) Yeah, I bet so, man. I mean, what, I mean, what better way, right. To like, I guess, draw a picture for you, you know, a young man joining the service, something that you watched your father do as a child, but to, to truly draw the picture of how the fire department can, can change lives, right. Not only for the citizens we serve, but for us and how the fire department is, is ultimately forgiving to the fact that if you're a good person that wants to do good things and you want to serve your community, the fire department will provide that. And, uh, Man, what a story, dude! I'm I'm definitely gonna have to get with you about Chief Eisenbach and uh, Eisenbeck. I'm sorry, and uh, and see what we can do because I'd I'd love to hear more of that. That's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, so it's it is a it is a great story. Absolutely, really absolutely. And so I mean, like, so you hear all of that, and so you've lived it now, right? And so we we fast forward 13 years, and and you've promoted to lieutenant, and and you've accomplished everything that you wanted to so far in your career and, you know, through hard work and, and, and trials and tribulations and, and solid mentoring here, how much of what you learned then from that volunteer fire department, do you incorporate today as a Lieutenant with your company at uh, engine two on the sea ship? So uh, when I moved over, I, um, I, I don't know, there was a, a, a different mindset, if you will. And so when I moved over, I would work some overtime shifts uh, just because there was a retirement at that station. And, and um, the guys knew that I was promoting, you know, it's already been announced. We're just waiting on the dates. So I worked some overtime shifts and they would, they would hammer me at the back table as we we're just, you know, back there BS and like, Hey, what's, you know, what's the plan? What are we going to do? What are we going to train on? Are we going to train a lot? Are we, you know, just trying to get the feel for me. And I'm like, Hey, let's, I may not want to change anything. I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to come in here my first few shifts and just, just see how you guys interact. Um, but I kind of laid out those expectations. Um, I laid out those expectations and I, I kind of, it's kind of one of those, uh, I, I can't remember who said it, but, um, you know, your reputation is going to be waiting for you at the kitchen table type of situation. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I come from originally I drove, um, I drove the ladder downtown at our central station. And, uh, at that station was a recruit, the, you know, any of the, the paramedic recruits that were coming in. So I was known for, I would walk in, Hey, what do you want to train on today? Let's do it. You know, sure. I, you know, whatever they're going on in the book, I want to make sure that they know how to do it. You know, I want them to go to fire school well-prepared, if not over-prepared. Right. And so um, a lot of people already knew that I like to train and do stuff like that. So they were kind of already knew that that was coming in. And I think uh, 
is actually funny. Um, on the post that you put the other day, my driver was off, was just doing something on the computer, and he took a snapshot from the from the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not even eight o'clock yet, and he's already out there pulling hose. So uh, <laughs> they know that we're gonna do something. Um, just last shift, we try to. We got so much growth here in Seguin, um, and me and you have talked about it before about on these new neighborhoods and stuff. But uh, we like to do something, even if it's just getting out, looking at the new building construction, the new neighborhoods, uh, pulling a hose, map test. Uh, another thing that we just started doing in Seguin is we've got basics coming in. Um, it's the first time in a long time that we've had firefighter EMT basics. Wow. Uh, we're normally just a all paramedic department. Sure. Um, so we've had the first three come in. So it's a little bit of a, a change. So we're trying to get him up to speed. And so, you know, my guys know that, we're going to work on something. Um, it may not be, you know, going crazy, throwing ladders. It may be something tabletop, but at least we're going to do something to, to grow together. Um, and that's one thing that every time I went to the station, I could guarantee that they're going to be going over something with me to make me better. So that's what I try to bring to, to my crew. And then of course, anytime we do anything, I'm going to be the first one to do it or demo it or whatever. I'm going to be out there with them. Um, I don't like, I don't like being one of the guys that's kind of sure in the back, like, Hey, um, you know, we're going to pull this hose and then I'm going to sit back and critique you. You know, I'm going to get out there. I'm going to demo it first. Um, we're going to go over it and then, you know, we're going to, we're going to train on it, critique and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's a great, great topic that you brought up there, right? Showing the expectation, right? We can talk about the expectations all the time. And we can review them and we can solidify them and, and we can discuss them, but, excuse me, but at the end of the day, we have to, we have to be able to show them that we can do the same job and we Mm -hmm. have to be able to show them that, that we're, we're humble enough uh, to perform the skills that we're expecting them to perform. And, And I think that's something that a lot of, a lot of company officers miss these days. I think it's something a lot of chiefs miss these days is you you need to show your expectations. You need to be involved with the men and women in your fire department, um, not only to, to build a closer unit and a closer crew, but in order to build that trust, mm-hmm. right? I think a lot of company officers and, and a lot of chiefs go into this. The guys and girls just need to blindly trust me that I know what I'm doing because I did well on the assessment center. I did well on the test and, and I'm, I'm the boss now. And, and as there is some of that, that's important. And in some situations and cases, they do need to just blindly trust that, you know, what you're doing, but there's nothing like putting on gear and putting on a workout uniform or putting on a show for your men and women of showing them expectations and doing the skills that you expect them to do. So, man, I'm very happy to see you do that. And, and, um, and I'll tell them all the time, I'm not perfect there. You know, I have my flaws. I'm not, you know, I, there's things that I don't do correct. Um, and one of the big things that I like to do is because we do run ambulances and we run critical, you know, ALS calls or, excuse me. Uh, one of the first things I ask them when we come back in, I'm like, what can I do better? And the reason why I like to do that is, you know, one of the senior, I've got, I've got two guys that I call my, my senior guys. Um, you know, they're, they're, um, their years of service may change, but they're really my two go guys. Um, you know, one, you know, Daniel, mm-hmm. um, he's coming with, I uh, 13 years of experience of where he comes from. I think he was a company officer there. I like to bounce ideas off of him. Um, he's, of course, uh, he's also, he's, he's also one of my good buddies. So yeah. And he's, uh, <laughs> just a little side note there. He's also a fellow Cajun like I am. So he's over there from Slidell, Louisiana. And uh, he also looks like, um, what's his name for Chicago Fire? Oh. Uh, Slamagin guy. Weird. There you go, yeah. I know exactly <laughs> who you're talking about. Um, but, but the other guy is, um, he actually used to be one of Clyde Gordon's guys. He worked in his district. He was on a ladder truck. And the tradition and passion for the job that this guy has I love it when rookies come in and the first thing he does is take them under his wing and he disappears with them. Oh, and next I thing you know, it. he's out there, he's out there showing them the truck and he's showing them this. And um, I think another thing with that, 
are we're still talking about the you know what my guys yeah mm -hmm. okay so just just want to add on to that real quick is so i i like for my guys to be open if they have an idea mm -hmm. um to bring it to me so one of the first things when i came in um you know, my one of my guy my guy from that that used to be uh under chief gordon he was he said uh hey LT, I got this book. Do you mind if I print it out? I'm like, let me take a look at it. So during his rookie phase with us, he made this detailed book with everything from, the, you know, the pressure to um, how you change a chainsaw to where things are located in the trucks. This whole book just dedicated to our engine. And oh, I'm wow. like, have you had this forever? And he was like, well, yeah, I just kind of made it for me. I'm like, dude, everybody needs this. Like, this is, this is fantastic. Every mm -hmm. rookie that comes in to our station should have this. It literally lays everything out for them. I was like, this is amazing. Wow. So, I, um, I like to kind of be open. Um, I like for them to bring ideas to me. I, I, I don't shoot them down, even if it's something that I don't agree with. I'll still be open to it, um, just because it's maybe something that I, I don't know. Maybe you know, maybe I'll learn something. So. Wow. That's just kind of kind of how I run stuff at station two. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that 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 is amazing, man. I mean, I mean, it's <clears throat> it's like you're taking all the lessons over these last 13 years and you're incorporating it, but you're empowering your crew to be firefighters and to be mentors. And the fact that you have that guy that comes and grabs that rookie to the side and and takes him under his wing, you know, because I know you've sat through the class that I present and I talk about how I failed and and that was one of the things was <clears throat> at one point in my career when I wasn't who I was supposed to be, it was all about what um, what can I do to make sure this rookie knows how to clean a, a toilet and, and what kind of ice cream he should bring or she should bring and what kind of cake they should bring. And, and um, we forget at some points in our career how important it is to take them under your wing on day one <clears throat> and show them the air pack and the pumper and, and how we're going to operate and lay out those expectations. Right. And uh, the fact that you already have that and that you are empowering them to do that and you're utilizing their experience, that's going to just set you up, man, for, for great success and, um, and, and, and future growth, man, as a company officer, man, kudos to you, brother. And, you know, and at other departments and stuff, I've heard people, you know, all these new guys coming in you know, they don't even know how to change a chainsaw or, you know, they don't even have to know how to change a chainsaw blade or, you know, they don't know anything about this and this. And it's kind of like, yeah, well, you know, you don't know how they grew up, but try showing them first, you know? Mm -hmm. so, I love uh, it. I'm going to, I'm going to mark that right now. I think that's it. I think that's going to be the title to this one. <laughs> <laughs> awesome man well i mean so <clears throat> so we talk a little bit about that and you know it, it brings us into another another subject which i think you <clears throat> i think you pretty much already answered but i'd like you to dig a little deeper into it is to, in your opinion what are some good qualities of a mentor like what what makes that guy or girl the go-to person when it comes to grabbing these rookies and putting them under their wing or, or saying, Hey, you got a great book. Let's put this to use. And, and then I want you to, to use this book on all the rookies that walk through this door. What name some qualities and kind of dive into that for me, if you don't mind coming from, <clears throat> from, you know, from your, from your opinion and, and you as a company officer. So one thing I like just, just going off of kind of, um, so I've just, a, you know, just, I've only been a company officer since May. So I'm completely new to all this, right. you know, that I'm still, I'm still learning myself how to, how to do things. But, um, one thing that I really like is, uh, I'll, you know, I'll take the, the, you know, the one gentleman on my shift, for example, his, his passion and pride in the tradition of the fire service and him instilling that into these new people that don't, you know, that's completely new to new, new to what we're doing. Um, pride in our station, you know, just that to me is something that's really big of a mentor. Anybody can get out and, 
you know, teach somebody how to pull a hose or watch a, you know, video and, Hey, you pull it like this, you're doing it wrong. But someone that's really passionate about not only the fire service, but your department, that's how you get to me. That's how, that's how you really get people wanting to be with your organization is, you know, if they're passionate about the scene fire department, you know, it's going to go over to them and they're going to be passionate about scene, you know, um, you know, Absolutely. one of the, just, just the other day. So, you know, if, you know, my guys, when they get on shift, if the hose isn't how they like it, they know that, you know, one big thing for me is, you know, you can look at the way somebody re-racks their hose and know that if they take pride in their job and stuff. So they were out there pulling hose and I wasn't even out there yet Yep. because it, because it didn't look good and they didn't like the way it looked. So they wanted to re-rack it on the truck. It's just, you know, taking pride in what you, in what you do is, is real big to me other than, you know, you know, the knowledge and everything as well, but just that pride and tradition is, is something I think is really big in a mentor. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. You know, um, <clears throat> actually we just talked about it last, uh, well, my last tour that I worked, I was on vacation this last one, but so they, um, we did apparatus day and I went around and inspected the apparatus and man, they look great, you know, and I'm very happy. And the guys just, you know, they poured that pride into it. And, and I had to talk at each station with the guys that like, look, you know, passion supports pride and pride supports <clears throat> performance and performance supports results. Right. And so like, let's think about this, right. If, if you take the time to reload hose first thing in the morning to make it look good, then I know you're going to take your time on your patient assessment. I know you're going to take your time, when you're in salvage and overhaul and you're really going to pour into that, to that extra time of, of protecting the citizens belongings. I know that if you have that type of passion and pride that you're going to give that extra mile in training, you're going to go that extra mile for your citizens on the scene. And you're going to go that extra mile for your brothers and sisters in the firehouse. And, and I think you really nailed it on the head, man. I mean, if, if you embody those two things, that's really going to, to support your performance and your results uh, when you're out there on the street doing the job that we all love to do. Yeah, and it and it goes so even on just the basic stuff, you can see how much these guys care for our image and care for the citizens that we that we cover. I mean, these guys are getting calls. You know, they'll go to a lift assist or you know something, and and a lot of times, not everything is is serious, but you know, I'm getting calls on these guys just for their compassion while they're in the back with from family members you know, Hey, these guys, you know, you know, not going to, can't really get into details, but you know, somebody called our fire chief the other day, super emotional because these guys just moved some furniture around for their dad that has trouble getting around his apartment. So they just did a little rearranging, made it a little bit more better. And the family called just in tears because it, you know, you never know what kind of impact that you're going to have on somebody. And I'm just lucky to work with a bunch of studs, yeah. you know, that, <laughs> that just uh, love the fire service and, and love helping people. That's awesome, man. And dude, I, if there's one thing that I've taken away so far is the amount of pride and passion that you have and the men and women that work with you, right. The men and women that you work for, um, that is something that needs to be commended, man. That is something that needs to be recognized is it's, it's you, um, putting in that, that passion and pride out there and, and pouring it into the station, into the crew that is really, um, driving what those guys and girls do and, and how they perform. So, I mean, it's, it's a great, it's a great time, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very yeah, you happy just, uh, that you do that. You just got to kind of, I guess, let the, let the reins go a little bit and uh, they, they just, they just do great things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> man. That's what you have to do. You have to let the reins go. I mean, I'm glad you brought yeah. that up, right? You, you have to let them be firefighters. You have to let them do the job that they were trained to do. And you have to provide them that path of success. Yeah. That is how you're going to become the, the mentor that you want to be or that they deserve. Right. I mean, do mm -hmm. we have tough love? Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, it's, it's there. It happens. There's, there's always a time to be the boss. You are always yeah. the boss. You're always a Lieutenant, right? You're always a captain or a chief, but 
you do have to let loose the reins a little bit. You do have to let them put their thoughts out there, let them try new things. You have to let them be the firefighter they want to be and guide them down that, that path for success. So, I mean, again, man, kudos to you. I'm, you're killing it. You say you've only been one since May, but it sure don't seem like it, brother. <laughs> so <clears throat> let's kind of flip it around a little bit, right? We've talked about a lot yep. of good stuff here, but you know, like, I'm sure that within your career, just like mine and everywhere else, you've had a few failures that have impacted you and, uh, and they've changed you to, for the better. They've changed you to be a better officer, better firefighter, you know, better husband, wife, uh, sorry, husband or father. Um, talk about um, if you've had any failures and, and which one do you think <laughs> impacted you the most and how did it impact you uh, to make you better? So, um, I guess there's a few, um, first, just trying to get, I knew that I wanted to, to be a firefighter and it's just getting, it was getting my foot in the door. So I'm not a very good test taker. I don't do good with chief interviews. And so uh, we were talking a little bit before it started that, uh, you know, I, I'd went all the way down to the Valley, you know, which is, you know, four or five hours away from any and all family that we have just trying to, you know, get a job when I first started. And so, you know, I probably tested for, you know, eight to 10 departments before, you know, I finally was able to get a chance. Uh, but it was one of the individuals from that volunteer department that, that helped get me kind of get my foot in the door, at least part-time somewhere. And then I, you know, just started continuing to go to trainings and try to improve that way. But, um, so that was difficult for me at first, just trying to keep, keep motivated to keep trying and trying. Cause, um, I don't know how it is for everyone else, but you know, there's a lot of fire academies and EMT schools here in Texas, you know, and you could have, you know, three or four academies to graduate from one, you know, from one entity, you know, a year. Right. And so, you know, there may be only, you know, two or three positions open, but like a hundred something people show up to, to yeah. test. And so you may not, you know, you may make the list, you may not. And uh, so that was hard just trying to keep going. And um, I think a lot of the guys at my volunteer department and part-time department was like, no, I'll just keep, keep trying, keep trying. So that, that really helped me along. And then, um, uh, another one would be being at, um, the industrial department where I used to work at. Um, I let things bother me, mm -hmm. um, and it affected my attitude while I was there. And, uh, there was, although like looking back now, there was a lot of stuff that I learned, uh, just because in the industrial setting, you're doing a lot of fire prevention and fire protection systems and fire prevention you know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so there was, although I learned some stuff, I probably could have learned more if I had a little bit better attitude, but being a young, you know, 20 something year old, you know, fresh out of paramedic school and the rest of the guys go fight some grass fire at the neighboring department or structure fire or, or wreck, you know, whatever they get to go do something cool. And I've got to stay here right? because I'm the paramedic. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it would get me down and I would get upset and, you know, if I had a better attitude, it would have, I think I would have got more out of it than what I did. And mm -hmm. so that kind of, kind of helped, helped change me a little bit. Um, and then coming to Seguin, I, you know, I kind of got complacent at the station that I was at. Um, initially, um, I was a backup driver, you know, I was working, you know, on the medic unit there. And then I had a part-time job at a medic unit in the county where I lived. And so it was a lot of EMS stuff. You know, I had a ton of experience from the departments that I worked from in the past. So I had a really good understanding for the basics. I knew how to drive. I could operate a ladder. I could, you know, I had, I had the, the TCFP certifications to say that I'm, I'm, I'm good to go, but I got a little complacent and uh, I actually, one of the, uh, it was, he was a captain at the time it was like, Hey, uh, I know you're pretty good at rope stuff. Um, 
come check out Central. Right. And uh, so our Central station uh, has our boat, our rescue. It has a ladder truck. It's got the more special operations stuff. And so I went down there and um, kind of fell back in love with, you know, getting in and getting in and doing the training on some of the basic stuff. And then we started hiring paramedic onlys. Well, they're going through fire school. And so, you know, I would go up and ask them, Hey, what, what do you, what, what are you training on today? And then I would start training with these new guys because, you know, I wanted them to be successful when they went to fire school. So that kind of re-sparked my, my love for training. And then about that time, um, a gentleman that used to work for us, um, Richard Wiggins was like, Hey, you got to go see these guys. They're going to one of the neighboring departments. And, uh, it was the guys from FD tactics. Mm-hmm. And so it was, that kind of was all around the same time. So, you know, hearing, hearing chief Reinwald and, you know, chief Davis and all this stuff. And then, you know, kind of just, just kind of hit the reset. And so it kind of gave me a little spark. So, yeah, man, that's kind of, and I love Richie Wiggins, man. He's, he's, <laughs> he's a stud in himself and, and he's gone through a lot in his career as well. And, yes, and he's has. just a phenomenal person. So, yeah. Um, uh, super glad that you brought him up because I think, I think more people need to hear from him as well. So, Absolutely. Um, great story on uh, as he has a great story as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Great, yeah. great story, man. I, <clears throat> I love that. The guys at FD tactics, I, I present with them as well. S- solid bunch of guys. And it's really cool to kind of, you know, turn this around and, and, and see that some of the people that have impacted you or people that impacted me and, and we go forward with this and, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's what brought us here today. Right. Um, yeah. and I know that you and I, and how we met is a pretty cool story. Um, yes. you know, and it has some, some good implications to why social media is a positive thing in some aspects. Um, if, I mean, if you don't mind sharing how, how we met, yes. man, I'll sit back and listen or, or I can tell it, but, uh, I'd really like for you to, to kind of explain the good part of, of social media and, and how it all came together, which then eventually led to a great conference, uh, last May. So. So, um, I was getting ready to, to take the, uh, the test for, for, uh, the Lieutenant's exam. And, uh, I was having a trouble, I was having trouble finding a particular study guide, uh, for one of the books that we had to read for our, uh, promotional list. And so I, I reached out on a few different groups. Hey, you know, does anybody have this book or recommend any, interview slash, um, books to help, you know, with the promotional process. Cause you know, like I said, I'm, I'm not, I'm not very good. And so I was just reaching out seeing if, if I can find any reading material. And, and one of the things that you sent back was, Hey, I'm not, I'm no textbook, but, uh, I'm willing to jump on a, a zoom meeting with you. And I was like, okay, well, it was actually Richard Wiggins was like, dude, that's BC Johnson. Like, like you need to take advantage of that. I'm like, well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's, you know, and that kind of sparked the whole thing. Um, but you actually took the time to jump on a zoom meeting, even though that you had family stuff going on. And, uh, I think you spent, you know, a little over an hour with me just running through scenarios and stuff like that for me to practice. And, and that kind of sparked into, um, the conference that we had last year. Do you want me to jump into that as well? Sure. Go ahead, man. That was a, so, that's a great conference. It's just, it's all going to tie itself together folks when you hear it. And it's, it's, I mean, it's a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal tie. Uh, so, so last year, um, April, April 23rd, um, Skeen lost a brother, uh, Roger William Dean third. Um, he had a long fought batter battle with, uh, complications from COVID. And, um, so we had already been just because he had missed some work and stuff like that. We had already set up a, um, kind of a benefit training, just, you know, bring some guys in, um, raise some funds, maybe help out his wife. You know, we didn't realize at the time when we set all this up, you know, the severity of everything that was going on. And so, um, the training was for, was in May. And like I said, he, um, sadly he passed away on the 23rd. Uh, but when we were getting everything together, um, you know, we had reached out to 
reached out to yourself and um, it's just crazy how you would actually, um, correct me if I'm wrong, grew up with uh, his wife's family from my understanding, correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah, me and his oldest brother-in-law were really close friends all through school. Yeah, and so um, we were able to raise some extra funds for uh, for Steffi and everything. Um, and that went a long way. Um, your generosity to, you know, all the stickers and swag and everything that you bought um, or that you brought, um, you know, and you just basically said, hey, all the, you know, I want all this to go to the family. That was, that was truly amazing. So yeah. we, we thank you for that. <laughs> well, and I really appreciate it, but you know, it's, it's, it's funny how taking that extra time and it's not, you know, by no means am I trying to brag or anything, but just yeah. a simple, like, Hey, I don't mind helping you out. Right. Because I have test anxiety and I know what it's like to go through an assessment center and not do well at all and not get the promotion that you want. And then I know what it's like to learn from someone how to improve and then go through and actually get promoted. And so just taking a little bit of time is, is I guess the key focus here, right? Take a little bit of time to extend and say, Hey, I don't know you, but I'm willing to help you because you're a brother, or your sister on the job. And that led to a much greater and more beautiful thing of, you know, being able to, to go and be a part of that conference and to help out Roger's family, to help out Stephanie and, and their beautiful baby girl, and then tie it all back together that it was a family that, you know, I've known for over 20 years. Um, you know, and I, I knew Stephanie when she was a little girl, kindergarten, and and wow. to and to be able to, man, just tie that all back together to where we are here today. Episode one of, of the Do Your Damn Job podcast. I, I, I reached out to you. You accepted the invite. And it's almost like we're kind of closing a chapter, right? Like we kind of we, we're closing this one. And we're going to we're going to go on to chapter two uh, in, in our careers. And, you know, I, I consider you a, a brother and a friend and and somebody that I think um, we're going to be able to bounce ideas off each other for for a very long time. And uh, I appreciate taking time to um, to tell that story. Um, because as I understood it, the more and more and more that I learned about Roger was that within that fire department, even up in his other fire department, which I think was in uh, Buda, Texas, correct? Yes, sir. Um, he was like the ultimate mentor, especially when it came to paramedicine and yeah. that he was known for training hard and he was known for taking those rookies under his wing and, and teaching them how to be a paramedic. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Um so he actually has the um, kind of, this is, uh, I don't know if you can see it, but this is actually the Latin phrase that he made uh, over our door. He was assigned to the central station. Um, basically, it's, um, it's a Latin phrase that uh, not for one, but for all. And so his thing was really big on, you know, if he could, you know, if he heard somebody, you know, kind of complaining or, you know, why are we doing this? He'd be like, hey, man, it's not, it's not about you. We're, you know, we're here for, you know, we're here for them. Wow. So that was kind of his, that was his thing is um, it's not about you. We're here, we're here for them, you know, put them first was, was his mentality. Wow. Man, that's, that's powerful, man. You know, that's like uh that, that needs to be in that, <coughs> excuse me, that needs to be in that rookie book for Seguin too, is, you know, who is Roger Dean and what was he known for? And anytime you want to complain, remember this, right. You know, not for yeah. one, but for all. So Man, that's and the, awesome. And, and that station's actually being uh, – it's going through a big remodel right now. Really? And so they're actually – they actually have boards over his original, you know, because he hand-painted it. They've actually got boards up, uh, you know, blocking that off so it stays it stays absolutely original from when he first did it. So God, it's man. pretty It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. Because, I mean, Seguin's <laughs> an old fire department, man, and now, yes, sir. you know, Roger and, and his handwriting and that painting is forever a piece of that fire department. So – Yes, sir. Just phenomenal, man. I'm, I'm, man, I'm super proud to know y'all and, and to have been to y'all's fire department and just the men and women that y'all have working there um, are just some really phenomenal folks. And, oh, yeah. you know, that's the whole goal, right? Is that mm -hmm. the fire service is so many people and it's so big. And I, and I don't think you really understand how big it is until you get out there and you start attending conferences and oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the uh, man, the, the amount of passion and pride and hardworking men and brothers and sisters, I'll say on the job that are out there is phenomenal. And Seguin certainly has that. So man, uh, we appreciate you should, that. 
Yeah, man, you you <laughs> should be super proud to to be a company officer there and and to have a long tenure there and and be carrying on the current name within the fire service. Um, I'll tell you what, we're going to, we're going to wrap this up here after this final question. And I think, cause I think it's something important, right? Is everything mm -hmm. that we talk about is just mentoring. And, and like I say in, in the class, when I present is I'm not here to talk about a formal mentoring program. I'm still trying to learn that myself. Right. And yeah. still trying to instill that myself in, in my department, but you know, like in Seguin, <clears throat> do y'all have a formal mentoring program? And if you do, you know, does it work as it's designed or is it something that you think you need in your department and, and kind of tell us a little bit about it? Uh, so we do not, we do not have a formal mentoring program. Um, I can't, uh, I can't recall the podcast that I just listened to, but um, uh, I'd overheard uh, Chief Thompson talk about his program. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I've recently printed that out and, you know, kind of looking over that. I do think we need something like that. Um, but at, at my shift or, or, or at our department in general, we do not have, we do not have a formal mentoring program. Um, when they first start, it's a little bit, um, we have some really passionate FTOs mm -hmm. and just because we're a, a, you know, a dual, a dual program where we run fire and EMS, a lot of the times it seems like our FTOs actually kind of get pulled into that FTO, um, FTO slash mentoring role. Sure. And, um, we have some, we have some amazing folks that are, that are FTOs that are passionate about EMS and fire. Um, even our EMS, our, our medic units are part of our fire response. So, uh, you know, just because our, our, our paramedics are, you know, on the box that day, doesn't mean, you know, a few minutes from now, they're not, you know, they're not pulling a line and going inside or something. Right. So, um, so it's really, everyone's pretty well-rounded. And I think, um, Although we don't have a formal program, our FTOs kind of um, fit that bill quite often. And then we've got, you know, like I was saying earlier, we've got, you know, just some some studs throughout the department that that really enjoy taking these new, you know, pieces of clay and you know molding them into, you know, what we want here in Seguin, and uh, showing them the correct way to have a successful career. That's awesome, the Seguin way. <laughs> yeah that's perfect but that's and i guess that's <clears throat> that's what's important when you in my opinion you know after some of the research i've done and after talking with chief thompson like that's what's important in your formal mentoring program is teaching them what we want in our fire department right the mm -hmm. the expectations the behaviors the attitudes the performance that we expect you come into work with every day and, uh, and I, I mean, the fact that you're already doing it and you're really leaning on those FTOs to be that first, that first mentor, like that first breath of air, right. Of yeah. welcome to Seguin. Like that's, that's starting that process. And, uh, man, it's just, it's awesome to see, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be people that listen to this podcast. are going to have to Google Seguin, Texas and try to figure out where it's at. Right. It's S E G. There's no, there's no Q. There's no Q. <laughs> No cute, man. Well, um, I. <clears throat> you have anything else you want to add about formal uh, no, mentoring? No, I was just, um, kind of slipped there for a second, but um, I don't know where I was going to go with it. <laughs> okay. Well, man, look, I've I've really enjoyed talking with you today, man. I sure. I cannot thank you enough for coming on, man. The first ever Do Your Damn Job podcast. I know I'm going to have you back on because I hope that I get a lot better and we have a lot less bleeps like we did today. Uh, but man, hopefully I didn't, I didn't cuss too much or anything. Oh no, not at all, man. And, uh, but man, I mean, before we close it out, is there, is there any advice that you have for rookies coming through the door? Is there any advice that you have for a new company officer that you've experienced in the last uh, year? You know, is there anything that you'd like to say before we close it out? Uh, so, you know, I uh, appreciate you letting me come on, but I think um, as any new person coming into an organization, just um, be the first, be the first to do anything. Um, get out there, learn the trucks. If you don't know something, you know, I've heard, you know, you've probably heard, you know, fake it till you make it type of thing, but that's not going to work with what we do. You know, I don't want to get on a critical call, you know, ask you to pull, you know, such and such line or, Hey, give me the tools or, and you're like, huh? you know, if you don't know, let me know, we will teach you. 
But if you don't tell me what you know and what you don't know, I can't show you. Um, so that's, that's real big that I like to tell people coming in, at least to my station, I'll teach you whatever you want to learn. I just need to know what you need to know. Um, so that's kind of um, real big. And then um, I think for just, just in my short time being a company officer, just like what we were talking about earlier, um, you know, let these guys, you know, let, let the reins go a little bit and let these, you know, a lot of times these guys have some amazing ideas, but they don't know where to go with it. Or, you know, they may not feel comfortable opening up. Um, let them, you know, they, they've got great ideas. Just let them go. Let them, let them, uh, let them run with it. Oh, I love it. I love it. And man, you hit the nail on the head for about the 10th time today. I got a full sheet of notes, <laughs> but if you don't know, <clears throat> if you don't know, then tell me so we can teach you. Yeah. That's what it's about. Always learning, always teaching always mentoring. Absolutely love sure. it. Um, that's great. And for all of you out there, I know I've coughed a few times and I apologize for that. I said, I just came, <laughs> just came back from the eight degree weather in Kansas. So have a little stuff going on, but, uh, man, that, that wraps it up for the first episode <laughs> of the do your damn job podcast. And I'd like to thank you, Curtis, for coming on and joining me today. And, uh, before Anytime. we go, ladies and gents, uh, if you would please grab whatever drink of choice that you have, and I want you to honor all those who have fallen this year and in the past. And I want you to remember to always learn and always teach. Also, please remember that suicide, firefighter suicide, is a very real thing in the fire service today. There's no reason to go without help. And we have great organization that is truly close to my heart called Next Rung. Next Rung has helped thousands. There it is. There it is. Real talk. I love it. Next Rung has helped thousands of our brothers and sisters, and they continue that mission today, stronger than ever. Please understand that you are not alone. Call or text SUPPORT to 1-833-698-7864 to get a hold of Next Rung today, because you'll talk to an actual brother or sister that's on the job, retired, or former to get the help you need. Raise your glass. Salante. We'll see you next time, folks, for another episode of the Do Your Damn Job podcast.